This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform that brings the Nordic tech community together. My name is Sean Hughes. I connect businesses with freelance tech solutions, and I'm your host. Moment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Fabiola Rodriguez, Carlotto Van Rosen, Marek Stark, and Martin Terrin to discuss how product professionals can best achieve a balance at the intersection of business, consumer, and technology. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Fabiola, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, Fabiola here. Um, so I've been I've been working with uh, big companies uh, within the consumer uh, electronics and automotive before uh, to realize that I'd rather be part of uh, shaping companies as early as possible. Uh, I've had the privilege of doing so at VOI, uh, a circular economy scooter company, a set of designer and the same at Link & Co, where I build their UX uh, team. And uh, now uh, heading the, the, the design function uh, within our markets at Cree. Um, but uh, I'm originally an interaction designer when that was something. Um, um, but I've had different roles during, during my career. I've been a scrum master, I've been a product manager, a UX strategist, and you name it. As long as it helps us reach good outcomes, I've, I've done it. So yeah, that's a little bit of me. Perfect. Carl, do you want to go next? Absolutely. Um, hi, my name is Carl Otto. Um, I work at Head of Product at my telescope. Um, also come from the startup sector about at Volt and other different companies and looking forward to be here today. Perfect. Let's move on to Marek. Do you want to go next, mate? Great. Thanks, Sean. Uh, well, my name is Marek Stark. Um, my background is actually in uh, in, uh, in in business, um, business and economics, and basically the last uh, last ten years uh, I have been moving from that more towards technology and product uh, digital product development. Um, and right now I'm working on, at NTC, helping them to develop uh, yeah uh, products to to digitalize the the, the paving paving uh, industry basically. So that's that's great stuff. Fantastic. Finally, Martin, yourself. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Martin, and I, I've been working in the, in the digital product and digital experience since roughly uh, about uh, 10 years, uh, both as a project manager and, and within product management uh, on the consultancy and agency side with, with Valtech, BBH Stockholm, but also on the product side of the business with the Avanza Bank Cogniti, which is an edtech, a Swedish edtech company with global impact. And now recently joining my news desk as a product manager there. And, and uh, at my news desk, we empower companies to create a greater awareness and building better relations by offering intelligent solutions and knowledge within PR and communication. So basically we're providing a, a PR uh, software to, to help companies uh, reach their target audience basically. That's me. Fantastic. It's a great room that we've got here. Uh, now that we've established a context and a background to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus today. So today we're going to be talking about the balance at the intersection of business, consumer and tech. 
Now you've all come to this um, this recording session with a question or a statement. As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Just flesh it out with a little bit of context um, and each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on each given situation. So let's let's start with Carl. Yes. Uh, my question or yeah let's jump straight in so your question was uh, when you are at the inter intersection easy for me to say between business consumer and tech you must balance those forces to achieve product success what advice would you give to achieve this so do you want to give us a little bit of a background on where that question's come from absolutely um, I have seen like developers and business usually have a very different take on things um, when you say um, developers, um, okay, um, uh, the, the, as a business thinks that developers are sometimes developing, develop, delivering too late, uh, and like, and not really, not really, like, not really have the timeline that the business wants. Um, and business, on the other hands thinks that um, and developers thinks that that business are putting them on unrealistic timescales and then short then developers need to make shortcuts and so on and then become bad software so I think it's very very hard uh, for developers and business to coexist for they have very different perspectives sometimes on what timeline should look like and um, what the scope and something good software often takes time so that's the background uh, for the question basically um should i continue with um no that's perfect i think yeah. you've you've summed up your, your context and your background to that quite nicely um marek what are your thoughts yes i would i would agree there with with Carlotta. i think the 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 big challenge is that that uh, uh, the business aspect and the developer aspect are like they come from completely different worlds. Uh, I mean, as a as a person in, that has a has a business background myself, um, I mean the 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 stuff that's that that's getting developed is just just a means to an end, uh, and that's to 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 deliver value to, to customers to 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 yeah make the company grow and and earn money, whereas uh, yeah in my last ten years that I've been working with more, more with more with development, I realized that um, very often a developer perspective is more is is more focused on uh, on the process of making making high quality software high quality solutions um, um, and and uh, and that takes time. <laughs> so 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 basically, you, you have this this one perspective that's who wants the, the the result and doesn't care about the road there, and you have the, this other extreme who doesn't really care about the result but's very focused on the process. I would say if, if you if 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 you take it to that extreme, I would say, and those two are very, I mean, those are not really compatible, and that creates a lot of tension in in companies. Fantastic. 
Martin, I, I saw you nodding away there. Um, what are your thoughts on on the topic? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been in situations where it has uh, similar uh, similar challenges, and sometimes bad ones, and sometimes not as bad. And I mean, it's for me, it comes down to creating a shared understanding uh, first, of, of course, about the problem we're trying to solve, but also an understanding on how we work and what st stuff in the process that are more challenging challenging than others to kind of uh, make sure make sure that. Uh, we have empathy, empathy, and, and knowledge about the, the backgrounds, uh, but but also like for everyone being aligned on on the problem and how important it is versus another problem and so on. Uh, it also comes down to trust, uh, I think, in in a lot of places I've been working with, like the trust for for each other's uh, uh, know-how and knowledge. But for that trust, you also need to make sure that everyone is is aware of why we're doing it, uh, why this this is important, and at what cost are we willing to invest in this uh, feature, for example? And yeah, those are a few thoughts uh, from my end. Sounds good. Fabiola, have you got anything to add to this? Yes, actually, I thought it was interesting to to listen. You mentioned um, tech and business and not the consumer. <laughs> and I think that is also one of the, the, the challenges here of finding really this healthy tension between these three uh, three pieces of of, of uh, um, the um, competences you can say or or like uh, and, so it's kind of like a uh, holy trinity that really needs to work together and it's about really understanding which role you should play uh, and then balancing each other so for example in my role uh, coming from a design uh, background I I always try to balance this uh, healthy tension with by bringing in the consumer in all the decisions that we take. And I think it's the same when, when uh, if you are more, have a more engineering perspective, then, then you bring that perspective into, into this um, health attention and, and then hopefully uh, you, you make the right trades off along the way. Uh, so I think to be able to be su successful at working uh, in this Trinity, um, you really need to understand your role um, but also be flexible with it because it, it might mean different things in different companies, different things on different levels. Like it might mean differently from like on a, within a team that works cross-functionally. For them, it might mean different processes and different mindsets. From a C-level perspective, it might mean other things as well. So yeah, understand your role, I would say, uh, and, and try to complement each other. I think that is a great piece of advice there. Um, know your role and understand. Um, has anyone else anything to add in terms of advice um, in achieving this balance at the, at, the, at the Trinity, as Fabiola mentioned? I would say, uh, I, I would actually uh, contra contradict you a little bit there, uh, Fabiola. I believe I believe that that uh, as a in the role that 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 we have, like product product mo product owners, uh, the the uh, it's it's about it's about uh, making a, a huge effort to 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 not know our role, uh, like not not be focused on one of the three parts, but but really um, make an extreme effort to 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 understand the 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 yeah those parts that where we are not experts fully, um, and, and and it is challenging, uh, like you said, uh, uh, Kolut and I were, were talking about uh, about engineering and and uh, and business, 
and not about the co consumer. Because yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm I have a business background, so that's that's where I come from. So that's the, the what's top of mind for me, and I need to make a little more effort to to think about uh, the technology and the and and the and the cons and even more the the consumer. And I believe it's 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 like that for for all of us that we have a background and that that gives us a bias. But I believe that we need to we need to make a, a huge effort to to try to balance that within ourselves so that uh, so that we don't we don't push one of the three aspects too much because then because when you lose the balance then you then you fall yeah let me correct myself you are very true i would say that uh, that is exactly what i meant that like in the in trying to all 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 the people in the team working uh, towards um, a product should have this perspective for sure but then but then we have different uh, skills uh, so so bring that to the table but always have the 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 the, the cross functional perspective to how to approach that um, and that is i think that the really nice thing about product thinking that is becoming even more and more more uh, stronger like for example with with my designers um i i we have uh, we have decided to call them product designers and we have had several workshops to really dig deep into what that actually means it doesn't really it does not only mean that they work with a product it means that they really need to have a, a product mindset which means that they need to consider the business, um, the business uh, part of it, and they need to consider the, the the feasibility part of it. So, so yeah, I completely agree with with uh, with that mindset. Yeah, okay, I also, um, go on, Carl. Sorry, I also agree with you. I think that's very important. And like one one thing of this problem is like everyone coming uh, the curse of knowledge. Everyone comes from their skill set or um, and their background, so they think every, 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 all the other persons are going to understand what they mean. So I think, um, as Fabiola and you talk about into, I think uh, that's very important to find the trinity there. Perfect. I think that segues nicely into into Martin's question, which comes from a similar, um, similar sort of angle. Um, Martin's question. Um, more of a statement actually is in his experience a company is often heavier in one or two of the circles in the venn diagram of design tech and business in the short run this may, may work fine and sometimes may be the best way but in the long run it will lead to a bad product and even an unsuccessful company martin do you want to give us a little bit more of a background i know it's, it's quite similar to the to the angle that carlotto was taking um in finding that that balance at, at the trinity um talk us through it yeah of course i think you, you put put it well even though it's it's a it's quite a, a broad topic but i think in, in general a lot of companies either due to how they are founded who the founders are and what their expertise is is, is from uh, or that you have betted a bit more on, on perhaps the business side or the sellability side entering a new market for example but then you're kind of building up a perhaps a depth in terms of customer or user experience, which may be fine in kind of the short run to have some, some tick, tick boxes to tick off in terms of, of the sales pitch. But long-term you have to take, take care of the product and then user making sure it's easy to use and everything around that. But I mean, 
as I said, in the short time, maybe fine, but over time we need to to create that mix. And I'm 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 really, uh, really, really curious to hear the rest of you uh, your take or advice in in how to treat this uh, over time to kind of get the good good balance here. And also, of course, listening to if you have the similar experience and thoughts on it, on the main main topic, of course. Fabiola, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, yes, very true. <laughs> it needed to be pointed out. Uh, and um, I think uh, I think actually I've seen I've seen also the case where like uh, the the founders have set uh, more or less who which part of this uh, trinity will be stronger and so on. And uh, but I've also seen that. At the end of the day, it's about it, well, how the teams works. So, so I think I would concentrate, focus on making sure that the teams work in a in a in a balanced way, like as like I said, on a, with a healthy tension among them. Um, and then, as leaders, you need to educate in that case uh, uh, your peers that are might not see the the value of really uh, balancing this. Uh, these different pushes. So, uh, but in terms of consequences, um, yes, I, I, I think that when it's unbalanced, uh, it's. I mean, it's going basically going back to what we have already been through in, in during this industrialization uh, <laughs> time, right? So, I mean, we've been uh, very tech driven. We've been uh, waterfall. I mean, you name it, and, and it. I think now we're starting to to understand that it's all about balance. Um, so I think in terms of consequences, it, it is important that we keep an eye on, on this, uh, but put your efforts on uh, on making teams uh, really understand this uh, this way of working. Carl, I'm really interested to hear your um, opinion on on how this sort of leaning towards certain areas of, of the of the intersection um can impact how a company is run and um, whether it's successful or unsuccessful with your background in startups um because um, that's when companies can get into bad habits um, yeah I, I can just i can uh, totally agree with martin's um background and fabiola said it's all about the teams i also think it's very important as a uh, my role head of product or product manager or product owner to really push back one on the business like on expectation and timelines and two on the design and um, development side to say okay developers are always going to want the perfect software but can you get the job done faster in a sufficient quality maybe that's okay for the business for now uh, so it's all about setting expectations between those three parts and make a common goal basically and what I have seen in the past, and I can only talk to myself, but like everyone, um, everyone responds well to data. If you can build up something, uh, and you can say why developers are taking a little longer, or say why you need you need to take the business, you know, the developers need to do it a little bit faster. If you can show why you need to do it, they usually usually going to do it. And as Fabiola said, it's all about the teams. You need to have uh, you need to have weekly check-ins and and so everyone can absorb the information and feel they're in the loop so i think it i think more more about the expectations and pushback and yeah keep everyone in the loop 
I think that's very important to to make this this trinity work, so it doesn't become a bad product or an unsuccessful company. Absolutely, Marek. Anything to add? Yes, yes. I, I'm sitting here thinking about about uh, like examples of companies who who have had these uh, uh, who who have been more or less biased to to one of these three uh, three aspects. Like like this Swedish company Ericsson, I, I remember like the, one of the biggest uh, well the the biggest successes they they had with the AXE uh, um, yeah the AXE system uh, that that was that was completely like engineering driven and like like nobody knew nobody knew what the engineers were doing and then they suddenly there was something that was that was was uh, great and then management said ah actually this was our idea. And uh, uh, because, but 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 it was um, so. So my, my my point is that sometimes it can be it can be good that that one of these these aspects is dominant. Uh, however, uh, 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 if we go back to the to the to the ideal situation, uh, because I th I think that that then it's for sure it's uh, that that it's uh, having. Having cross-functional teams uh, who work extremely close close together, like that that sit in the same room and that that talk to each other and they have stand-ups together. Uh, um, I, w I worked in companies where where basically uh, where there's a meeting maybe every every week or something between the designer and the and the developer and and it just doesn't work uh, because they don't understand it. Understand each other. They are on a meeting. They they have some disagreements, and they go back, and then the and they go back, and they just continue fiddling with their own stuff. So I think it's 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 about being uh, well physically or mentally at least in the in the same room and and uh, and uh, uh, like 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 uh, you guys were saying, knowing why we are doing this. Uh, uh, the the uh, it, that it's not about the perfect design or about the perfect software. It's 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 about delivering value to to customers so that they want to pay us money so that the company can strive to pay our salaries. I mean, it's that's kind of that, that I've seen that be that that can sometimes be forgotten. Uh, that it's actually that, that's what it's all about. So, um, yeah. Remove the silos and 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 uh, and work close together. I would say that's that's the best way forward. Martin, how far has this gone in in giving advice to you in in your um, in your question, your statement about the balance at the Venn diagram at the, at the intersection there? Yeah, it's great great to hear 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 your thoughts on it, and I, and I like the fact that that we're zooming in a bit on on the team. And kind of allowing the team and trusting the team to do the work and, and, and a lot will actually happen in the operational work within the team but it's also to me it's also about enabling the team to do so and that it's both in terms of a ways of working and, and distribution of time allowing the teams to take take care of different areas for example uh, maintenance and improvement minor smaller improvements uh, uh, over time but but also at the end of the day is also what we are measuring our teams on so if we're measuring on new sales or or, or customer satisfaction and so on, it's it's that will also be, of course, uh, uh, really really pushing the teams uh, forward in in that direction basically. 
So, but but I, I really like the fact that the, like we will, what what happens in the team is what actually kind of it creates the impact. Fantastic. Let's change change direction slightly. Um, let's look a little bit more into data. Um, Fabiola indicated that. Well, asked the question: What role should quantitative and qualitative data play in product development? Um, Fabiola, can you give us a little bit of a background on the angle in which you're coming from in asking that question? For sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask a question that was more more hands on uh, because I, I, I was guessing that we might like keep it quite high level. So so yeah. So my 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 question was uh, as as related to Carl Carl. Uh, uh, that he pointed out that data, data can be your best friend. Um, so I wanted to hear your your thoughts from about this balance between quantitative and qualitative. Just because personally, it not anymore, but at some point it was a triggering subject to me, <laughs> to be honest. Just because of the maybe it was two years ago when the, like data driven was this a uh, huge trend right everybody was supposed to be super uh, like even though we were before but it was like um, the, the 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 top of mind of everyone data driven and uh, and normally they they what they meant was quantitative data um so so yeah, I wanted to to, to hear your perspective on, on on really the the balance between them uh, and what your experiences are. Well, I can throw my two cents in here. Um, you guys all know what I do as a broker, um, a podcast host, but a broker all the same. Um, one of the most common phrases that I hear in my role in product is, "We want someone data driven." Um, and Fabiola's completely right in saying that um, that, that data-driven can be quantitative and qualitative. What is the difference? How does that play a part in product development? Um, so Martin, you're nodding along. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I first reacted to like being a trigger alert. And I, I can totally, totally understand that it's, it's, it's why that data is a wide topic and and I think what I've tried to do in the past, when when, when I see people, people frowning their frowning their forehead about uh, being data driven, and 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 and, and perhaps uh, sometimes even getting scared for data to replace them at work. I mean, as a designer, for example, you you, you should use the data to become a better designer, to be more informed, not to to kind of see it as a replacement for a designer. I mean, that's been on on some some discussions overall about like really really intense A-B testing or, or, or stuff like that as well. But I mean, using that to become better at what we do all day. So I think, but to, to answer the overall in the first question, like what role should it play? And I think I think we really need to understand both and work with both in order to understand like what our users doing, how are they doing it, but also drilling down on why they're doing what they are and not what they're saying, because that's a quite a normal, uh, normal case that they believe that they are doing something a certain way and then you see uh, see on the deep dive in the data that they are actually perhaps doing the opposite or or nothing or or stuff like that so i think the mix of it is it's it's really important and i, I mean throughout the product cycle discovery prioritization exercises validation are we doing the right thing are we moving in the right direction or pushing the, the kpis that we are all measured on and, and really really helping out the, the end user with, with what they want to be uh, be helped by so yeah it's a mix of art and science, I guess, the, the product management role. 
It certainly is. It certainly is. Marek, I can see you thinking away. What do you think? Yes, indeed it is. Art and science. Um, I would say, I mean, for I, 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 I love data. Uh, I've realized that many times when I when I believe what believe something, I am I am analyzing the data. Then I realize that I'm wrong, <laughs> because I, uh, it's it's um, like you were saying. Sometimes people don't, they don't even know themselves what they what they want and why they're doing it. So then it's even harder to guess what they want. Um, um just yeah quantitatively so so i believe that um uh, the more the more data we can gather the uh, about about uh, and to, to 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 validate or um or invalidate our hypothesis the the better um because then we can also well uh, we can be more confident uh when 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 um when, when communicating with our with our teams, with our stakeholders, um, um, we can be more focused uh, when develop when developing features, uh, because because we we yeah we 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 know what they we we can see, we can observe what the the users actually want. Um, so uh, I would say. I, I would say that that being data driven is uh, it, yes, it it was it maybe it was a hype, but I think that that's 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 a good reason for it because actually, uh, um, yeah, I think that data data rules really. Data rules that may we may well be the uh, the tagline of uh, that might be a sound bite that we uh, that we get out there. Data <laughs> rules, Carl. What do you think? I can only agree with Mark. Actually, um, I think I, at my work as a telescope, we help uh, companies or clients or users they want to track their their marketing with us. So we come from a very data perspective. Uh, so I think the data is very very important. And like Mark is on the track on uh, talked about was you can find how much data you want is really what you want to do with the data that's important and quality qualitative or quantitative data i will i think they go very hand in hand i think as martin said it's quantitative it's what the user do but maybe not why they're do, doing it so it's so i think data data is very important for um yeah for understand your cu customer understand your business and be able to track or you Mesh are going against your goals and so on. So I think uh, I'm very much on the same side as Marker. I would say, it, 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 in my perspective, it doesn't really matter why the why the uh, what the users do what what they do. The reason why it's it's the fact that they are actually doing it that's the important because. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. But I, I, from my experience, when I've developed a new feature and they're doing something they were not supposed to do there. I, I, I want to understand why they're doing, they're doing a minor thing in this feature and that becomes the major thing in the feature. So right. they're, using it, they're using the feature not the way it was intended. And then I can go from there and improve what they really wanted. If I was, um, was close, I was not 
not close enough, so to say. Good point. Good point. Fabiola, how's this um, this conversation gone in? I love health? it. Love it because you can feel the, the, the why this is an important topic. <laughs> and and um, yes, I mean, I agree. Data in general is amazing. And I love the trend uh, itself because it has helped uh, to really work, put more effort on how is that we work with data, regardless if it's quantitative and qualitative. So that in that sense, that has been a really good good after effect, uh, I would say. Uh, but th then like, understanding the differences between them and how they complement each other, quantitative and qualitative, is is really, is make it or break it, I would say, in, 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 in terms of success um, uh, long term. Because you can run with only quantitative data for a long time, like years even, I would say, companies just looking into that. But if you don't uh, balance it with the why, like Carl say, uh, then then you're gonna end up uh, not really understand what was it that that happened. So so yeah, the balance I think is important to have in mind. I have, I have a final thought, or perhaps not final, but uh, one thought that popped up in my mind is also about like uh, data on its own. It, it could be ending up just as data. I mean, we should really use data to to fuel the narrative that we're either trying to push and to choose with our users, but also with stakeholders. So, so kind of using the data to stitch together the, the narrative that speaks more to the emotion and back that up with, with, with the hard numbers, for example. So I think that's similar with art and science and, and also the balance between qualitative and quantitative overall, to both on the empathy side and, and understanding the user and understanding why they're doing stuff, but also looking at the hard facts and like they're not doing it or they're doing something else. So. Uh, and I would like to add that that I mean what, what I've experienced sometimes uh, with with uh, with quantitative sorry with qualitative data is that I get a user who who makes a very good argument to to for, for adding a feature and then I wanna when 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 we make some kind of test to confirm if this feature is really is really um, yeah, it's really sought after by the by the user by the wide user base. Uh, we learned that it's like nobody wants it. It's just this one guy uh, <laughs> that has some really special special need, and uh, and then um, yeah, it can be uh, and but, but has a special need, but it's really vocal. <laughs> so the risk is that that those who scream most. Um, affect our our opinions uh, about what should be what should be done and there, therefore um, we can use this this uh, this 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 uh, uh, quantitative input as basis to for for hypotheses that then that we then uh, uh, try to validate or invalidate using using uh, quantitative data very true and to add to that i think that is why exactly both need to inform each other uh, and why it has been super important to, or it is super important to have proper process within both. Like for example, you did the, the reason, the exact example that you just mentioned about like this one person being vocal, it's about doing proper qualitative data, data research, I would say. It's about r reaching a saturation point where, where all the people that are allowed will fade out until they become a pattern. So even within quality, you can find patterns. So, so yeah, it's about really, making sure that you work with both 
making sure that both have really good processes um, so that you can trust the, the, the insights that you get from both. Yeah, I agree with Fabiola there. I think when I've done the user testing, I think at like six to eight, then you start getting interviews, then you start getting a trend, and then you can see a pattern after that. Fantastic, guys. Last but no means least. Uh, Marek, it's time for your question, uh, which was stakeholder management. It's a challenge. Uh, it's a way of working with agile methodologies in large organizations used to plan before flexibility. Do you want to expand on that for me, Marek? Right. Actually, I think this this uh, this goes back to uh, what we discussed earlier um, about um, different organizations or in this in this case different people uh individuals having having um um being more heavy when it like very more, more focused on on the business part or the tech technical part or the or the user part or the user aspects uh, uh the client aspects um and i think that um 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 it can be it can be challenging when you when 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 you when for example when you want to do agile development and you and we, you you have stakeholders who are used to who are for example extremely good salesmen and uh, then it's then uh, 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 it can be uh, yeah my, my question is like what what's your advice to uh, how to communicate with uh, with individuals who have uh, uh, who have who are extremely focused on one of these three aspects. Fantastic. It's really nice to hear that fleshed out. Uh, Carl, what do you think? Um, yes, I can I totally agree. And I can just, um, I think it goes back a little bit before uh, what we talked about. Um, I think as everybody responds well with data, if you can build your case with data, and see, so why are this taking a little longer? Yeah, we need this because everyone, this software is going to fail. Or yeah, we need to push this out for the business now. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to pay our salaries next month. Or that's an extreme. But I think when you get the common, common perspective and common ground around those three pillars we talked about before, um, then I think you can. Um, then I think um, it's easier to push back and at least I've seen data for me at least usually can help me solve the problem due to I can really tell why it takes a little longer or why we need it now so so um, that's my thoughts Fabiola where do you stand on this yeah I would say I completely agree with Carl for sure, a data is one one amazing tool to use. So I think it's about tools. Uh, so data is, can be a one tool. Uh, working with your capacity and being super explicit about what your capacity can produce and how is your process to be able to produce an outcome can also be a good tool for you to 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 um, quantify the time it will take. Um, another tool. Uh, I mean, risk analysis, analysis. Uh, yeah, make sure that you have a lot of tools to pick 
uh, to be able to back. Uh, sometimes it's a gut feeling. Normally that PMs are really good at having developed this intuition about how long will th things take, the value will produce, but you need, really need to flesh that out, that gut feeling in tools that will help you argue with your stakeholders. Because then again, it will not be about a gut feeling, it will not be about um, uh, guesstimations, it will be about facts in a way. Martin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so sometimes I get pessimistic and I think if you grow too big as a company, you'd have, you stand no chance. Uh, but I don't want to take that uh, that route today. And I think overall it comes down to a few things. I think uh, one being uh, it, it doesn't have to be big companies. It's, it, it happens in all companies about product, like product development education. How, how do we develop the product and, and uh, why do we do certain things we're doing and so on. So like creating that understanding in the company about how, how, uh, how, how we do our work and what we're doing. Um, also like communication side, just making sure that we share the same language. If you, if you speak with someone in, in the executive team, you should speak their language. If you speak to someone uh, in, in design, you should speak that language and try, try to deeply understand each other. And I think uh, a few things that I want to treat stakeholders for what they are, uh, like either they're expert stakeholders, you can take their input, making sure that everyone knows that they're kind of the job to be done in that sense in, in, in the setup or context that we are working. So using stakeholders to create the runway, uh, enable uh, the team to do their work and making sure that the, the stakeholder team, for example, does not are not there to make the work or take the design decisions or, or, or take this, like the, the low level priorities and so on. And making sure, is, I mean, I think it was Math LeMay that puts it in, like you should not do any big reveals when you're in a meeting with stakeholders. You have to, have to work really thorough and closely to your stakeholders over time, making sure that they're aware of what's happening so there's no big surprises. And, and also like, uh, Again, uh, uh, Matt, I think, put it like you should push for clarity over comfort. And I think that's something that goes, cuts across uh, working with, with, with the stakeholders, both, both ways, so to speak, both understanding what stakeholders think and, 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 and also uh, the other way around from, from the team uh, back to stakeholders or, or um, executives. Marek, how does that go to, to answering your question? Yeah, I think there are really, really good, really good aspects, really good ideas, um, um, and and uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny that you said that sometimes you're you believe there's no that that there is no way out, but uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a continuous uh, process um, where yeah, uh, using data, using using tools and being having clarity and sound like really good good ways forward i have one more thing to add or like i was when i read this question i thought it was exciting to talk about a uh, ag agile the, the agile way of working how the at times it has had a, like a backlash of like oh but it's not flexible which i i i thought it was interesting that you highlighted in your in your question um because it's made made for planning ish according to to, to to some people understanding so 
so how do you how do you see that like uh, from my perspective i was a scrum master myself and i by then i was living by the book and the manifesto was my my you know like flashing it everywhere and uh, but i think that uh, after 20 years of that it has been existing or it's been around i think the core thing in it was that we're supposed to to apply it to the way of working itself so we need to iterate the the, the way of working itself over time and really uh, make sure that it uh, it fits uh, the, the 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 challenges and opportunities within the company uh, so i would say like uh, if it feels that there is it's not flexible enough for teams like you get requirements from stakeholders and you have plan you have your your roadmap and you have your plan ahead for the next uh, coming weeks and then this another thing comes up make sure that you that is also part of your plan that you plan for unplanned things because that that would be that would be as agile as it gets to be <laughs> to be able to even plan your unplanned things so so yeah, I was I wanted to hear like if you had any thoughts on, on that or if you have experienced that that backlash, I would say about agile ways of working sometimes. Actually, not really. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, personally, I've, I've mostly worked with Kanban, which is uh, it's more flexible than 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 Scrum. So so there's always a, a way of squeezing in more uh, some 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 new task uh, if, if if there's a need. But, it, but it's more about um, um, it's it's more about the 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 the, the higher level communication, uh, uh, like the classical the classic question: When will it be done? Uh, so okay, and when do you want it? Well, I want it yesterday. So it's uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's uh, it's more 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 that. Um, Fantastic, guys. Anything to add, Martin? No, I mean, you you can kind of misuse any framework or ways of working if you if if if, if you're not uh, doing it right. And I've been in in, in situations where we kind of misuse the, the, the term of agile as an excuse to not be. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're agile. We 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 finish what we finish within the sprint. Uh, and, and and of course, I'm over exaggerating a bit here, but but. It, then it comes down to that the team dynamics and, and keeping ourselves in the team accountable for what we set out to do when we set the goals. Um, and I mean, agile or not, versions of agile. I mean, I mean, I think we can discuss that for for ages. Uh, uh, it's, at the end of the day, get something that works for your company and your team uh, that is working in a sustainable way over time. I think it's a, it's good to to remember as well. 